Yo, welcome back to the Week in Review podcast. It's your host, Sean Stroud, getting this out on another Sunday. Talk about consistency. How was your weekend? That's great. I'm glad to hear it. Personally, I cannot complain myself, which is one hell of a statement given that my weekend started with an overtime Saturday. That's right. We got put on overtime at the metal shop. Too many orders came in. Robert was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So they had this coming in at six, going home at, on five. Oh, what the hell? Coming in at six, going home at five on Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, we were supposed to come in at five and work until one. I'm sorry, 5.30 to one thirty. So Thursday came in, worked the whole day. Really wasn't that bad. Not too much to complain about on Thursday. And really the only bad part is the morning because once you have the morning over, because the morning and the afternoon shift are the same length, it's it's a lot more of a, um, you can have a lot more of a positive outlook on the rest of the day compared to normally where it's three hours in the morning, five hours in the afternoon. It's like, man, got the uphill battle now. But I kind of did not mind the overtime hours that much. Friday I came in. Overtime again, I was, uh, oh, well, actually, let me not cap. I came in five minutes late uh, Thursday because I had to put coolant in my car to, um, so my heaters would come on. So there's a tip. If your heat is not working right now, check your coolant level. You might need to add some. That does uh, make a difference. This is the second car I've had where that's been an issue and is an easy fix. So now I have heat. But anyway... Really, I should have just got out there earlier, if I'm being honest. I uh, I woke up, got ready, saw that I had a lot of free time, so I laid down on the couch and set an alarm for when I needed to go for, like, the optimal time. And then I went outside, and, and my heater wasn't working. So, yeah, I was five minutes late to work. Robert called me into his office and started yelling at me because of how close I live and how I'm five minutes late and how this is the second time this has happened. In the in the in the ten months that I've worked there, but this is the second time that this happened, and how it just pisses him off. It really fucking pisses him off. Just a whole bunch of shit, and I'm listening, but it's just so hard to take it seriously when um, other people are late. Not I wouldn't say consistently, but it's not unheard of, and much more late than five minutes. So it's just really kind of crazy that he wants to single me out and get on my ass for being five minutes late and tell me how badly he wants to fire me and all this shit. But it is what it is. I just stood there and let him talk because sometimes it doesn't matter what you say, you're not going to get anywhere. So it's better to just be quiet and let them fucking mouth off. And you can you can think of all the things that you want to say. I, I thought of all the things that I wanted to say and I... um just laughed to myself and walked away whenever he was done spouting off just thought to myself yeah that's real fucking rich man you got some real nice uh even standards up here but it is what it is the rest of the thursday was nothing friday i came in i was on time i wasn't fucking early i was on time all right walked in started pinning shit we were doing elbows which is basically like a metal macaroni noodle uh, lined, glued, 
everything. So I, I lined it with pins, put them all inside, laid them out. Then I took the pinner, which is basically like a, it's like a gun with a cord attached to it that leads back to a machine and then it's grounded through the metal that you're sitting it on. So it uses the same way as a gun. You, that you would a nail gun pretty much. You hold it up to the pin and then you press down the trigger. So I was doing that. I got like one done. The next one I started, I um, pinned, pin one, stuck it down, pinned the next one, stuck it down, pulled the trigger, and then my fucking, there was an explosion surrounding my right arm that came out in, and fucking hit me. And so I fucking stepped back and looked at the piece of metal that I just pinned that is now on fire. And I just walked away. I had, Cullen was right there next to me. I'm sure he saw what happened. He was looking over. I said, that shit just exploded on my arm. So you got that. And he just, he didn't really do anything. He just kind of walked over and looked at it. And by this point, the fire was growing. But I was pissed off, dude. I was like, there, my adrenaline was going crazy through the roof. I was thinking, there's no way that just fucking happened. There's no way I was... I was just in a fucking explosion. No way, right? And um, I'm just kind of watching it unfold because I'm over it at this point. I'm just watching everything happen. Robert comes up and grabs the elbow, and he's yelling, Get a piece of metal! Get a flat piece of metal! And so he puts one end of it on the ground, and the other end's shooting out. It's kind of like the top of like an old-school locomotive engine is what it looks like, like the chimney cap, just... Just blowing out fucking fire and smoke. And Robert's holding this motherfucker in between his legs. He's dumb, man. I'll, I'll get more on that later. But he's holding it in between his legs. And so I hold I hold up a piece of metal. He said, no, not that one. No, not that one. So I just, once again, I stopped. I don't give a fuck. Deal with it yourself, dude. Johnny gave him a piece of cardboard to put in front of the, the hole. Luckily, the cardboard was... Uh, flame resistant enough so that it was able to put that shit out without catching on fire and just making it worse but they put it out um i was pretty pissed man i went to go do something else i was not about to go pin more shit i would i just felt like that was that would be so fucking stupid to have something explode and then two minutes later well time to get back to it clearly there's something wrong clearly there's something that needs to change and we're not Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you're a fucking dumbass, bro. Don't explode your arm. Is that is that the proper verbiage? Explode your arm? Anyway, I went and started doing something else. And then ten minutes later, Robert comes over. Sean, go fucking pin that shit. The, the fumes, he was saying the fumes should be gone by now, so it shouldn't be as flammable. It shouldn't be as flammable. So I went over there, and I lined up the pins again on the next one. And I just kind of stood there. And I got that feeling of when your parents tell you to do some shit, and you really, really don't want to do that shit. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's like a core belief. It's kind of like when my mom wanted me to go to eat to church for Easter. After years after I told her that I did not believe in God, I'm not a Christian. I don't know. I think I'm an atheist. Um, but I am not interested in any of that. And she told me that I had to go to Easter service. It's the same feeling that I had then. 
where I'm just thinking, man, I should go tell my boss this is a fucking dumb that uh something needs to change. They need to fix this shit. They need to this, this, then that, and this and that. And finally, I've been standing there for a minute. So I just say, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I pin one. Nothing bad happens. I pin the second one. Nothing bad happens. And I'm like flinching every time I pin, basically. Just scared that some shit's going to light and just fucking whoo, just blow up again. I'm pinning, I'm pinning, I'm pinning. And finally, I pin one, and it doesn't blow up, but it lights on fire under it. And that shit really, really pissed me off, dude. I just kind of set the gun down and stood there. I'll admit, like a pouting child almost. And I just started fucking going off almost. I started real low, just, man, fucking... This shit catching on fire got me standing over here doing this shit, knowing damn well shit's finna happen to fuck again. It's fucking bullshit. It's goddamn fucking bullshit. And then Cullen asked me, he's like, what's bullshit, man? And I'm like, this fucking piece of shit, fucking pinner. I, I wish I could yell, but I can't. People are asleep. It's fucking piece of shit, fucking pinner. It's gonna blow the fuck up again. It's goddamn bullshit. And, um... At this point, Robert was behind me, and I had known that because I was talking shit earlier. Cullen asked me, well, if it makes you feel any better, or didn't ask me, he told me, if it makes you feel any better, it could have been worse. And I said, nothing will make me fucking feel better right now, man. Maybe watching Robert walk barefoot on some fucking pins. No, no, stomp barefoot on some fucking pins. Maybe then I'd smile. And he just kind of left. And then I said... I was thinking, I was thinking real hard about what I could say to shit talk Robert. And then it came to me. I said, I bet he gets hard when he makes Johnny cut his hair up here. And Cullen laughed and he kind of like threw his head to the side. I said, what? He said, he's behind you. He's like, I don't fucking care. I, I really do not care. And then, yeah, I lit that shit on fire and I started yelling. Robert was behind me. He went. I don't want to hear it. That's enough. Man up. Y'all just moaning and bitching ain't going to get you nowhere. And when he said man up, I said, I don't see anybody else fucking doing this, man. I mean, it's it's a fucking piece of shit. It's not, it's not working. And Robert, while he's like bitching at me saying, I don't want to hear this. That's, that's the part that pissed me off the most. I don't want to hear this. Well, motherfucker, I don't want my arm to fucking blow up, you dumb fucking cunt. If, um, if I didn't have my hoodie on, I would have no hair on my right arm right now. I would, I would have, I had to shave, dude, that the fire came out of the tube and singed the left side of my, my facial hair. I had to shave all that shit off. It burnt some of my head hair too, but not any, not in a, in any noticeable way. I could feel the singed hairs when I was showering, but I can't look at it and tell. So I don't, I don't know. No one's commented or anything, so I'm guessing I'm good. But motherfucker, you don't want to hear about it. I had to live it, you dumb bitch. That pissed me off so much. But while he was, you know, ranting and raving, he was working on the old pinner. That's been sitting under the table for about three weeks now. All it took was a fucking explosion. That's all it took for him to actually do some fucking work and fix something that needed to be fixed for a while now. So he sets that shit up. I I, 
I'm pissed, man. Cullen comes over. He's like, hey, man, do you want me to pin? He said, yes. Yes, please. And I go do some other shit. And uh, the rest of the day was not that bad. I cannot really complain. Um, After work, what did I do? Um, Cullen bought me alcohol. Fucking the goat. Uh, Anime Dallas is next weekend. My reserves are empty. My shelves are barren. So he went to, uh, we actually went to two different liquor stores. I ended up in front of him on the highway. So I ended up meeting him at his house. But he pulled up, got the stuff. You already know my go-tos. Tio's. I asked him for a liter. He got me a handle. That is not the first time that that's happened to me. So I wasn't too upset. Told him, hey, I'm going to drink it either way. It's going to get used. And uh, Jim Beam Black, 750. Got that one right. I got to say, though, this bottle of Jim Beam Black, I mean, the the whole thing of black, like the, the style of it is they leave it in the barrel for a little bit longer, I'm pretty sure. And... I don't know what's up with this one, but I think it was left in the barrel like a shit ton longer than the other ones because god damn, it is very <laughs> aromatic. I mean, one swig of that and I'm breathing out my nose smelling that shit for the next two minutes until I get a drink or something to cleanse my palate. But <sighs> I need to find new whiskey to drink, bro. I don't want like flavored shit. And I don't want shit that's super expensive. Like Crown, that tastes good, but it's 40, 50 bucks for a bottle. Jim Beam Black, the 750, is like 22 bucks. I can do that. That's not too bad. But um, yeah, that um, he got me alcohol. I definitely used that to make sure I was asleep in time to wake up for that 5 a.m. shift on Saturday. But before that, Eileen introduced me to this restaurant. I can't remember the name of it, but it was in Spanish, so I'd probably fuck it up anyways. But it was actually in Garland, pretty close to Ernesto's. Same exit, everything. Uh, Northwest 175. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But uh, we pulled up, got out, went in. It was awesome. We sat down. It it, it all looked pretty cool, and I immediately knew. what What's what I said last time? What's my checklist? I looked at the menu. Everything was in Spanish. Let's go. That, that's that's point number one. Uh, we came. the The waitress came up, and it was pretty funny. The whole night, she'd come up and she spoke to Eileen in complete Spanish, and then she'd turn to me and give me the English translation. Now, every interaction. Well, what do you want to drink? How how are you doing? What what would you like to order? Everything Spanish and then English. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, as if like Eileen couldn't speak English <laughs> or some shit, but the food was great, bro. I was looking for the, I was looking through the menu and I saw it. I saw chorizo chilaquiles and I get them from the, the corner store, the Motley Mart. They're pretty good over there. That was the first time I ever got them anywhere was over there. I'd saw them online. They, they look great. So I got them from there. They're pretty good. I got them from here, dude. Next level. I, I I took a picture, sent it to Aiden, told him, I got to take you here, bro. We we are all going to eat here one night. I put Aiden on chilaquiles, too. He goes to the corner store and gets them. Always tells me how good they are. So 
I got to see him try this too. We got to experience it together. I can't, I, I'm not going to hoard the information, bro. I got to, I got to spread the experience around, but it was great. The salsa was great. They brought out two different ones, but one was a little bit better. Uh, the chips were good. The tortillas were good. Everything was great, man. Shoot, Eileen really put me on. Man. I cannot lie. Uh, after that, I went home, drank myself to sleep. <laughs> Not really. Just a little bit. Just enough so that I'd hit the bed and then jump up. Like, no time skip. Straight sleep. Got up at 4, made it in time for work. I'm sorry, got up at 4.50, made it in time for work at 5.30. And Russell is the fucking goat. You want to know why? We walked in. He said, all right, all we're doing is rain soft today. As soon as you finish rain soft, you guys can go home. Cullen was saying... Man, we could be out of here by 11. I was thinking, no. Eight. Three hours. Three hours we'll be out. Ended up being three and a half hours. So I think I would have won if we were playing a game of who could get closest. Three and a half hours. That's not bad at all. I got home, chilled for a bit, went to sleep, slept for a long time, woke up, went to sleep again, woke up for dinner, and... That was my Saturday. <laughs> I don't think I did anything else yesterday. It was pretty great. I, I'm not going to complain. Today, I woke up, went out, and uh, I needed to get a jacket for Dingy, my cosplay. I needed a green oversized jacket. So me and Eileen went to a couple thrift stores. I did not find a green oversized jacket. I, I thought it would be a really easy thing, especially right now, but... I didn't find the right color. There was a trench coat, but I'm not looking for a trench coat. It is what it is. I'm just going to wear the green coat I already have. Uh, it, it is like tan on the underside, so it looks a little new. I mean, Dingy's supposed to be homeless, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Also, Eileen redid the eye patch that I did because mine looked pretty shoddy, and it was pretty much it was falling apart. I'll be honest, but I was pretty proud of it. The fact that I had made that... Uh, but she redid that for me, so that's um, the dingy cosplay is pretty much done. I've got the Pochita plush in my hand right now. He looks pretty cool, man. I wasn't really too sure about buying it because it's not an official one. It's just off of Amazon from some, I don't know, third-party retailer. But shit looks pretty legit, and it's actually pretty big. It's about, um, it's a little bit bigger than my head. Let me, let me see if there's something I can look around and compare it to. Uh. It's a little bit smaller than my cat Samson, and it's a prob probably about the size of my cat Lucy, and it would be a lot smaller than Dave because Dave's a big cat. But it's a, it's about the size of a small cat, if that gives you a, a little bit of reference. So that cosplay is done. Still need to paint my mask for bleach. I've just been lazy. Probably do that um, Thursday, honestly. Not not doing too much for Thanksgiving, just eating. But no, I did not find the jacket at Thrift. I did find a lot of CDs, though. Um, Third Eye Blind, self-titled. I found Purple from Stone Temple Pilots. A Matchbox 20 album. Apparently, Robert Downey Jr. put out an, an album. I, I got that. I'm the proud owner of that now. The, the, the thing is about these uh, thrift stores, if you only want one or two things... You can't fucking do that because there's a $5 minimum if you're paying with cards. So 
I showed up with like three CDs both times and had to go back and find other shit. So I also got a pair of shorts. Not mad about that. And I got a another bird statue. I'm sure my, my mom would have some negative feelings about that. I have a quite a little collection right here. I've got this angel, this uh, female angel. She's got beautiful, like very pale orange blondish hair. And she's reaching down playing with a little baby girl, a toddler, just old enough to start to walk, it looks like, who's got like a a bottle and a rattle by her side and a teddy bear. And the reason I bought this one is because it reminds, it honestly made me think of my mom and her mother because her mother died when she was eight from cancer. And even though eight is a lot older than a toddler just learning to walk, that it, it just struck me when I saw it and it was cheap. It's a thrift store. It's like four bucks. So got that. There's the one I got today, which is a, a a bird of some sort. He's orange, yellowish, and then he has black accents going on his head, his wings, and his tail. And he's bending down into like a little well to drink. It's pretty cool. It's like four bucks. I've got this goose uh, statue, but it's dressed like a mom. It's got a bonnet on and a shawl around its imaginary sh- goose shoulders. It's pretty nice. It probably was cheap. I have this little um, medieval time statue. That's where I got this one from. It's like a crusader knight. He's got one of those helmets that's just a bucket, and then it has slits for the eyes, has like a cross design going around the eyes and shit. little shield and sword. It's pretty cool. It's like 20 bucks, I think. Then I have another bird statue of a blue jay. He's perched on a branch, or maybe that's a leaf. I can't tell. Samson just jumped down behind me. That scared the shit out of me. Uh, He's perched on a leaf. That's pretty cool. Pretty nice. You know what a blue jay looks like. And then I have a sleepy koala with a... He's holding a a candle, like a Geppetto style. He's he's also got a hat on Geppetto style, like a... With the long ball... The long droopy ball at the end. And uh, it looks like he just woke up. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Those are my little statues. I've also got a, a toad statue, like a good luck one. He's golden. He's got rubies on him and shit. And then I've got a wooden stat, a cat statue for good luck somewhere. He's buried under my pile of shit. But yeah, went to the thrift store today. It was pretty nice. Also ate at Waffle House. Always a banger. I asked for chili on my hash browns, but it took him so long to or- to heat it up that I was already finished by the time it came out. Uh, it was mid-chili anyways. If you're going to Waffle House, don't get the chili. Maybe just put cheese on your hash browns. Spend your 50 cents a little more wisely. Let me be the the um, the martyr for that cause. <sighs> but um, I think that's it with the end of my week. So let me jump back to the beginning of my week, or, or Tuesday at least. Fucking Royal Coda concert. Hell yeah. We're talking Will Swan. We're talking Sergio Medina. We're talking... Um, Kurt Travis, we're talking Joseph Arrington, also uh, Stephen Glask, I'm pretty sure. Great band. Um, Will Swan and Sergio Medina were in CNVAR, which is my favorite band ever. And then Kurt Travis is Kurt Travis. Um, Dance Gavin Dance, Gold Necklace, anything he's in is good. Pushover, uh, a lot of shit. So I was hyped as fuck. Kevin was going too. He was going because, um, mostly because Idola was headlining, um, 
we got our tickets a while back, so we were ready. Showed up kind of late, honestly, but it didn't matter. I got there about 6.30. The bands didn't start playing until 7. Uh, Body Thief was the opener. It's the second time I've seen them play live, actually. They opened up for Dance Gavin Dance whenever I got to see them. I wasn't this. I wasn't near as close, though, because it was a different venue. I think Dance Gavin pl- Dance played at... um. House of Blues or the studio, one of those bigger venues like that. This was Trees, so I could get way up close. And they were great, man. I, I've listened through their album since then, and it was great too, but they were they were awesome. Just like they, they played a few of the same songs I recognized from uh, seeing them at Dance Gavin Dance. But their drummer was pretty good. He killed it. One of the things I did notice that I did not like, though, for one of the songs, they started up, and I could hear sixteenth notes on the hi hat, right? Ticket, 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 ticket. And then I looked at him, and he's just sitting there playing quarter notes on the hi hat. So they were playing a recording of sixteenth notes on the hi hat. That was kind of lame, man. Samson was on the counter. That seems to be a common recurring problem, if you haven't noticed. And I hope that wasn't too loud in the mic. But anyway. Bonnie Thief is a pretty solid band, man. They just got signed to Rise Records, actually. They used to be on Kurt Travis's label, uh, Esk Records. But they just signed to Rise Records under Blue Swan, I'm pretty sure. And they're about to release their debut from them. So that'll be pretty good. I'm looking out for that. Their single is pretty good. It just has a shitty name, if I'm being honest. Let me look up the... Because I don't remember it. I remember the what I don't like about it. Let me look up Body Thief. Deaths, Drugs, and Dancing. Didn't your skin just crawl a little bit when I said that? You're like, ugh, really? That? It's a dec- It's a pretty good song, bro. Or at least live. It was pretty good. I don't know that I've listened to it on Spotify yet, but it was a good song. Uh, it just really has a fucking Panic at the Disco name, bro. It makes me think like of middle school kids that listen to pop that that feels like the essence of that name but pretty good song pretty good band i listened through their album travel glow it was pretty good uh should have got a cd to be honest but i was a little more focused on other shit uh i didn't say this yet but i was prepared for this night you already know me guess what i'm about to say i had a joint rolled had that shit in my pocket I'd also brought some vinyls to get signed. I brought the two Royal Coda vinyls that I do have, the one that I got from Newberry, which is uh, orange, and it came with a signed print um, from all the band members. And then I'd also gotten the, the is it blue? I haven't opened that one yet, so I'm not sure. I think it's blue. I got that from Royal Coda, and it had a an alternate cover that goes over it, and, and it looks pretty cool. It's all black with their insignia in, in the middle. So I brought those, and then I brought the Gold Necklace album, which I had already gotten signed by Kurt and Brandon, but I wanted to see if I could get Joseph Arrington to sign it because he's a fucking badass drummer. And honestly, that was kind of my goal of the whole night was to get that album signed by Joseph Arrington. So I brought those three bags, I'm sorry, I brought those three vinyls, and I put them in an Urban Outfitters bag because those things are made for vinyl records. So I was pretty much set. Security didn't say anything, no one bitched, so we were good. Uh, Back to where we were at. Uh, Body Thief was playing. Kevin showed up maybe halfway through the set. It was pretty great. We were talking, chilling, and then Royal Coda comes out. 
they're not headlining their uh, opening two, so they're the second ones to play. But man, you would never be able to fucking tell by the show they put on because it was absolutely crazy, dude. Sergio Medina is such a fucking killer performer. That dude was jumping around the stage, doing all kinds of crazy tricks with his guitar. He was... Like, I would just watch him by himself play. That's how great it was. The only problem was, the first song, I don't think his guitar was tuned, was, um, shit, not tuned or pitched right. Uh, I don't, I don't think the production was good on his guitar. The, the sound system and whatnot, the amp, I don't think it was turned up enough because I couldn't hear what he's playing. I could see him going fucking crazy on that shit. Me and Kevin were up front pretty close. I could see him going back and forth and his hands were moving faster than I could comprehend. But I wasn't hearing any of it. But it didn't matter because he was playing with so much attitude and like putting his all into it. It's it's something you just gotta see that I to to believe. I mean, the dude was getting that shit. Finally, by the second song, I think he was running back because he kept going to the back of the stage. I think he was adjusting his shit himself. But finally, he got it to where we could hear his shit, and dude was going crazy, going off. I mean. Just throughout the show, he would switch from that, from insane, play, like, dancing around the stage, jumping off of stuff, doing different like ways to play his guitar. At one point, that in at the it, the final song, the final lick that he played, he set his guitar down on the drum podium, and was like, like he was scribbling on a piece of paper. He was playing on 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 the on the strings while he was still doing the notes and shit. Like it was so fucking cool, bro. There was a po- there was a point where uh, it was like the the chorus section of a song or whatever. It was pretty spacey, and he would play his guitar part. He was standing next to the cymbal, and after he would play, he would hit the cymbal on the beat, like at the right part. It was so fucking cool just to see him take part in that too. I mean, Sergio by himself, just crazy. And then I want to say fucking Joseph Arrington was crazy. All right. This dude was playing fills in between songs. He was, uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't sure when he came out at first because um, I, I thought Joseph looked a little different. I thought he had a longer face, a beard and shit. But as soon as he started playing, bro, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy, right? <laughs> so he he was killing it, and I really respected that he was playing fills in between sets and everything because there's so oftentimes there's so much dead space or sometimes it'll be cool the band will joke around vacations did that a lot they would just talk shit joke around they had the crowd laughing but a lot of times it'll be dead space but no he he was uh just piddling around and then he would go through and do a whole fucking fill and it was awesome bro i after one of them i i, I was cheering for him and he fucking did like the the rock and roll sign to me so that felt cool uh, afterwards, I told Kevin about that, and I said, "Ah, but I'm not. Sh- I don't know if he was doing it to me or not." Kevin, Kevin said, "Nah, bro, you're the only fucking dude who cheered right there. He was definitely <laughs> doing it to you." So uh, that was cool. Um, he killed it throughout. Kurt Travis, I mean, what do I even have to say? That dude just has to show up and sing, and he fucking kicks ass, bro. I love his vocals. They play "Cut Me Under" again. I love. I I love 
everything about that song. I love hearing him sing, um, stand tall and walk around with weak legs, trying not to fall too far. That shit goes so hard. I, it's it's the way he sings it. I'll pull it up, bro. I don't know why I tried to sing it when I when I can play it right here, but he was going off. And then, like I said, Sergio going crazy, insane on the on the opposite end of the stage. We have the opposite end of the spectrum. Will Swan swaying back and forth, just going absolutely insane on his guitar. But that's it. Other than that, he doesn't move around too much on the stage. He's kind of Honestly, he's probably too focused on the magic that he's making flow through those speakers. He's uh, he's something else, bro. He's in so many good bands. Like he is the common denominator. Uh, the the um, Stephen was kicking ass too, bro. Uh, just everything was so great. That every every part of that concert was great. The only thing that sucked. The there were a couple times where. Uh, same situation as last time. Honestly, the last concert like this I went to, they they played a song that I guess you could mosh to. I wouldn't really, because mainly, honestly, I think mainly because it's a band I'm interested in, and I was trying to listen to what they were playing and see everything they were doing. So I didn't want to just jump around and like not pay attention. Especially, I was trying to pay attention to the drums, bro. That shit was crazy. So I was watching that, and then after the chorus section, where I think it would have been appropriate to mosh. That's when they start a fucking mosh pit, and that's when everybody gets pushed out of the way and shit. And you know what? That's cool. I'll move out of the way. Um, but once I'm out of the way, once I'm out to the side, the outer edge of the mosh pit, leave me the fuck alone, bro. If you go past that, that's called fucking crowd killing. All right? That's not fun. There was even a couple in front of me that was also on the outside, and they were still getting bumped into. So they're like, hey, we're going to get in front of you, man, or we're going to get on the other side of you. It's like, yeah, that's fine. No, by all means. And uh, I was standing there listening to the Royal Coda play because they were f- doing great things up there. And this dude next to me is just like wigging out, just w- wiggle worming, dancing all crazy. And he keeps fucking bumping into me. And, you know, it's okay. It happens one time. And, and, you know, I'll push someone off of me. I'm not scared to do that. But after that, I've announced my presence here. You should know, all right, I let me not bump into someone. Because I, I'll move around for a concert. I'll move my head. I'll fucking dance around and shit. I'm not bumping into people unless I'm in a mosh pit. And so anyway, this dude kept bumping into me and shit. So finally, I've pushed him like two or three times with my hand or my arm, my elbow. And I get pissed. So I just like full force like put my my uh my forearm into their, their their back just like push them off like fuck get the fuck off me bro and then they like they're sent aways and they turn around and it's like an ugly girl i thought it was a dude this whole time cuz the hair was so like greasy and gross looking but it was a girl and she was like let me not go in on her because of that because you can't help that you can't help the way you act though i pushed her she finally went away but she found herself back in front of me some fucking how at some point and she kept moving around and shit i kept having to push her back in front of me get the fuck off me every time she would go to take a drink from her beer anytime she would go to take a video she'd lean her head all the way the fuck back like bitch if you don't get that rat's nest away from my fucking face i'm gonna throw up 
So at this point, I remember that I had a joint in my pocket. Conscious been so great so far. I haven't. I wasn't even thinking about it really. I was just in the moment. I was loving every. The Body Thief was great. Royal Coda was great. In between, I was talking to Kevin. So it's been nonstop, good vibes. There's been no reason for me to smoke. And then I remember this joint in my pocket, and I think maybe if I light it and just blow enough smoke in this bitch's face from behind her, she'll move, and that that'll fucking I'll, I'll smoke her out. I guess I don't know. Uh, not in the nice way, getting smoked out, <laughs> like the like the military tactical way, but I gotta say my my hopes were dashed and I was just let down, just like a fucking anchor. That's because when I lit my joint, started puffing on it, puff puff, blow it out, trying to get this bitch to move the fuck out the way. I felt a tap on my shoulder about two or three puffs in. I turned around, expecting to have to tell someone, nah, man, you're good, bro. I'm not trying to share. I was expecting to be asked to pass it. Um, I saw this dude taller than me wearing black clothes, and he asked me, to. he said, put the joint out, man. Put, put the joint out. I said, okay, okay. I put it into my tube, put it in my pocket, went about my business. Enjoyed the rest of the concert. The rest of the concert was really good. They were awesome. And when they finished, I rushed to the stage, right? I had my bag full of vinyls. Was trying to get them out. Was trying to get them out. Pulled one out. They were all in plastic, though, because I still cared about them, and they were pretty nice. So I was pulling one out, pulling one out, and then the curtains closed. And I was just stuck there. I had one vinyl out in my hand, and there was like a crack in the curtain, so I, I was trying to get the plastic off of it completely and maybe like shove it through the crack with a marker in my hand, and maybe someone would come grab it. It's like, oh, yeah, we should do this. And then some dude came over up, and he said, sorry, guys, and he completely closed the curtains. And I just felt like shit, bro. I'd already felt kind of silly about bringing albums into a fucking concert as opposed to buying them there. But I had two, and I wanted both of them signed. And I didn't really want to have to. I was thinking about maybe buying another one. Didn't really want to have to. So I already felt kind of silly about that. And now the fact that I carried it all around for nothing the whole night, that really fucking sucked in that moment. So I just kind of stood there not knowing what to do for a second. Then I turned. Bro, I hope you can't hear the dog being fucking stupid over there. I don't know what the hell she's doing, dreaming about. Just. Shh. Stop. Anyway, I felt really bad, man. So I just turned around, got to Kevin. We walked back to look at the merch. Not Nothing really that we wanted. And I was just thinking, well, maybe if we wait right here for a second, they'll come over. Maybe if we wait right here for a second, they'll come over by the merch booth. So we waited. A couple, couple minutes passed. It, it kind of felt like they weren't coming over. So I thought, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to go smoke. Kevin said he'll follow me. So we started walking towards outside. And then who passes me but fucking Joseph fucking Arrington, bro. And I stop him as soon as he gets off the stage. I see him. He's wearing his Bucky's uh, full full outfit Bucky's stuff. They must have stopped in, uh, on their way down or something. 
But I stop him. I say, hey, man, could you please sign this album? That would be, just be so awesome, bro. I, you're one of my favorites and everything. He's like, yeah, bro. I'm going to the merch booth. So and I was like, I will follow you over there. So we went over there. I got him to sign my gold necklace record and the alternate cover Royal Coda one. I didn't have the other one unwrapped or I didn't have it pulled out. And I didn't feel like being a dick because he was, he was, there was a line of people too. So I just said, yeah, thank you. You were awesome, man. You kicked ass, all that. And he was like, thank you. And so I walked away. Me and Kevin were just standing there. And I was kind of fucking starstruck, bro. And I looked down and I couldn't really read the signature, but I just saw like a J and what I thought was an A. So I thought, cool. Uh, let's go. I goal for the night completed, right? I was pretty hyped. I was um, honestly overwhelmed with how hyped I was. I didn't know what to say. I was just kind of standing there uh, losing it. I had just met one of my favorite drummers, and uh, yeah, everything was great. So I said to Kevin, uh, I was just joking, I said, well, now I'm going to go smoke. Hey, maybe it'll lead us to the next one. And he laughed and said, all right, yeah, let's go. We went outside, and before I can get my joint out, I look to my left, and who do I see but Will fucking Swan, the man behind a good portion of the music that I love, Will fucking Swan. And I turned and look at Kevin, and he's kind of freaking out inside too. I can see it in his eyes. And we're kind of just sitting in this, like, un understanding what's happening and everything. And uh, so I pull out my records and stuff, and I, I go up to him, and I, I, I don't remember what I said, bro. I, I, I waited for whoever was up there, and it's kind of awkward waiting because she's she was telling her how him how she, he changed her whole life and everything and how he's the reason that she's alive and stuff like that, and thank you for all that you've went through and everything. And I'm just like a third party peanut gallery observer to that kind of because I'm right there. So I'm nodding my head like, yeah, yeah, me almost like me too, but I'm not saying anything. I'm just nodding my head and in uh, approval and in support and whatnot. And then she, she, uh, finishes and goes somewhere else. And I walk up to him and I shake his hand and I thank him for all the music he made. And I asked him to sign it. If, if, it, if, if it's not too, if it's not, if it wouldn't bother you, if you don't mind, please. Thank you, sir. I was very respectful to every one of them. It was kind of funny. Like, it, it kind of just kicked in without me realizing it. He said, oh, I don't have a mark. I, I have one right here, sir. And I handed it to him. He signed it. And then after everything I said to him, I think the part that stood out was I said, uh, you know, my, my favorite stuff that you did was actually CNVAR. And I, his face kind of lit up when I said that. And he's like, oh, really? That, that's cool, man. And so I, I went and sat down. Um, and then Kevin said, man, what did you fucking say, bro? Remember what you said? And I just went, no. What did I say? And he said, you you literally said, I bet, well, let's go smoke. Maybe it'll lead us to the next one. And here he is. And so we kind of laughed about that for a second, just reveled in the fact that our our one of our heroes, I'll go ahead and say it, speak for both of us, one of our heroes, people, someone we look up to very much, was standing not 10 feet away, just uh, separated by a metal barrier. And so that was awesome. 
Idola came out, so Kevin went back in to, to watch them play. When I was sitting out there, the man himself, one of the other men himself, Kurt Travis, came out. I didn't notice at first. I was sitting down at one of the tables just looking at my records that I'd had signed. And then I saw people gathered in another spot at the fence, and I saw a little beanie poking out over the top of them. And that was all I needed to see. So I walked up. I uh, I started talking to him. I asked him to sign my record. If, if, he, if he didn't mind, if it's not too big of a deal, uh, please thank you. And then he did, and I told him I told him that I'd seen the, the Gold Necklace show uh, two, two weeks back. It was in the same venue. He said, oh, cool, thank you. And then I told him about the article that I've been writing that I've actually pretty much finished. I've got maybe two or three sentences to add about the vocals, and that's it. I had Michael read it the other day, and he said he liked it, so that was cool. But I told him about the article that I was writing about him and Brandon and Gold Necklace, and I told him that I don't know where or when I'm going to post it, but I'm going to tag him when I do. And he said... That sounds awesome, man. I'd love to read it. I'm still reveling in that, bro. That feels so cool. And uh, I hope he does, man. I I need to figure out where I'm going to post it. Fucking WordPress or Blogspot or some shit. But that's awesome as fuck, bro. And then uh, he went off. And then I um, I got Joseph to sign the other one, the other album. And I talked to him a little bit. And then I... Went back, sat down, just kind of chilled. Will, Swin- Will Swan was still there, so I took a picture with him. Took a picture with Joseph. Uh, sat back down again. And then I figured, ah, fuck it. I'll go back in and catch the, the end of the Idola show. So I go in, and Kevin's not far from the door. He's, like, right there at the corner. I guess he didn't make it in. It, it looked like the crowd was going pretty crazy for uh, Andrew Wells. That's the lead singer of Idola, and he's also in Dance Gavin Dance now. Pretty ripped. Kevin was fangirling over him the whole time, not to not in his shade because I mean he's fucking ripped and he's got a nice beard and everything. Fucking he's killing it, bro, and he can sing and shit. And I think he screams too. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but I will need water soon. My throat my throat is getting dry. I can feel the impending uh, drought coming on. So give me one second. Uh, water's important, y'all. Take a take a swig. Stay hydrated. So, I went back in, caught the end of that show. It's pretty good, man. Like, I've listened to their stuff on Spotify, and I don't remember liking it, but every song they played was pretty good, so maybe I'll have to check it out again. But we saw that, and Sergio Medina actually plays for them, too, and he was the only signature that I hadn't gotten yet. I got it. I had gotten Stevens after I'd gotten uh, Joseph's signature on the second one. So I, I went outside, I was just hoping that Sergio would come out. Me and me and Kevin were hoping, waiting. Uh, Kevin was also hoping that Andrew would come out too, because we saw him going to his trailer, but we uh, he didn't ever come back out after that. Luckily, Sergio, after helping unload some of his shit, he ran by, and then he he was running back and ran by, but he looked busy, so I just said, "Hey, great show, shit like that." I didn't want to stop him. I didn't want to like stick my hand out or anything, but. A little bit later, he brought out his guitars and everything, and he was walking back by. And then, because it didn't seem like he was in a hurry, I, I stuck it out and I asked him. I was like, "Hey, would you mind signing this, man? It would it would mean a lot." And then he said, ah, "I would, but I don't have a marker." I said, "I have one right here, sir." And there it went. Got both of them signed, and I told him, "Man, 
I said, you are a crazy performer, bro. I I was watching you the whole time. You were insane. And um, I don't know if I finished talking about this earlier. I, I might have gotten sidetracked. But he would switch between performing crazy like that, and then he would just dead stare at the crowd. He would just stand there for like a minute or, or maybe 30 seconds just staring into the crowd, playing his shit. And then he would turn it on, and he would go fucking insane. So that's what he was doing, but... He signed my shit. He was very nice. And Kevin, Kevin said, man, you should have Andrew out here moving all this shit. He's the one with the big muscles. And he made Sergio laugh. That shit was fucking hilarious. That was pretty cool. But yeah, that was awesome. I got my record signed by all four of them. We went back in and me and Kevin were standing around. I I was trying to see if uh, Joseph was going to come back through around or not. We were standing around. And just talking about the concert, how it had been so far. Because no one was playing, nothing was going on. And I started telling him about that girl that I thought was a dude that I fucking shoved. Because she was all up on me. And I started talking about her and I described her nasty, ratty hair. And then I finish, or I, I almost finished talking shit. I'm still in the process of talking shit about her. And I look to the right of Kevin's head over his shoulder. And guess who's standing there? <laughs> That girl and her fucking ugly-ass boyfriend that was in the mosh pit, too, that Kevin was talking shit about earlier, saying shit like he was, like, air-thrusting to songs and stuff, like, being weird. So they were standing right there as I was talking shit to him. So I kind of leaned in. I said, they're right. She's right behind you. And, uh, yeah, we got away from there pretty quickly. Didn't look like anybody else was coming through, so we went ahead and headed out. It was a pretty great night. We uh, drove there separately, so we went home separately. Then I got home, and we jumped on Discord. And I was on Instagram. I went to Royal Coda's page because I I realized that I wasn't following some of the people that were in the band, even though I've been listening to the band for a minute, at least since they opened for Dance Gavin Dance a while back. And I went through their, their accounts and everything, followed Sergio, followed everybody, and I didn't see Joseph Arrington's account. So that was kind of weird. But I did see an account that was a dude that I didn't think was in the band. Uh, this dude named Joel Turcot, Turcote. I, I tapped on his and tapped on the first picture that he, the latest picture he'd posted. And there was a dude dressed in. A full Bucky's suit, not 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 a Bucky's suit, like a, a Bucky's dress, like not not a Bucky's dress. God damn it! He was wearing matching Bucky's clothes and a beanie, the same clothes that the drummer that I had seen the night that night wear when he was playing. And that's because that was the drummer that I saw. I didn't see Joseph Arrington. I didn't meet Joseph Arrington. I saw. Joel or Joel Turcot, Turcote. And when I realized that, I cannot even lie. I didn't get upset, but I just had like a like a sinking feeling in my stomach, like damn. I was wrong. <laughs> this whole time I thought and but actually it So that was uh that was fun. I told Kevin and he said that he didn't know any different either. So that made me feel a little bit better. But 
I uh, at first I, I was a little upset. I'll be honest because I thought I was meeting someone that like I had looked up to for a while, and it turns out that I didn't. But after thinking about it, that dude was a kick-ass drummer, bro. He really was, and I even told him like when I was talking to him, because uh, he was packing up the drums, and I walked over there to look at the kit, and so we we talked for a second. I said to him, I really respect that you played fills during all the trans uh, the transitions and the empty spaces and shit. You're the first person I've seen do that. And he was like, ah, yeah, you know. And then he told me that the, the drum set he was playing on was actually Kurt Travis's kit. And his has a lot more pieces and shit. And I said, uh, well, I'm sure you could do a lot more with a lot less, man. You were kicking ass up there. And he was a pretty cool dude. So all in all, after thinking about it and sitting with it, I'm not really upset at all. He was a nice dude. He was cool. He signed my shit. He was a badass drummer. So I, uh, it was still a great night. It was just really funny. I think that I, I was just, I thought it was him for the longest. And that's why I told the story that the way that I did. And that's why I said like, I, when he came out, I looked at him and I thought that doesn't look like Joseph Arrington. Because I saw him play, uh, pl- do a playthrough of one of their songs, uh, I think Numbing Agent maybe, on YouTube. And he was just in a field. His drum set was set up in like the middle of a forest or some shit. And they were just panning camera shots of him playing. And I was thinking, that doesn't fucking look like him. But when he started playing, his shit, he played so well. I was like, fuck, that must be Joseph Arrington. But alas, it was not. Apparently, he's retired from touring. And I know this because two days after our concert in Dallas, Royal Coda posted that. They posted on their story. They replied to a comment. They announced it to everyone that Joel Turcotte was covering. Just just a few days late. It's all good, though. I just thought it was funny how that all played out. It was still a great show. Uh, no fucking... No regrets at all. I, ca- I still... Thinking about the fact that I talked to some of the people that I listen to every day, it's pretty insane. One thing, one note that I have, I just wish that I could have brought it back down to being a normal person and them being normal people. Because as soon as I saw them, my mind went blank. I was kind of starstruck, I would say. And I couldn't think for the life of me of anything, of any common questions, any cool things to ask them, nothing like that. I just told Kurt that I was looking forward to the next gold necklace thing. I told him about my article. And then Will Swan, bro, I kind of did too much. Towards the end, when I went back to take a picture with him, I was telling him I've been listening since high school. And uh, I ended with, it's just a dream come true to see you live. Which is true. And I think more so what I meant was meeting him in person, which it definitely is, bro. Fucking insane. But... I just, is, I mean, on my way home even, I was thinking of shit that I could have asked them. And since then, I've thought of a couple questions that I could have asked. But it is what it is. This is all experience for next time. And it was a great night. So, yeah. But um, that's about it for the week. I got Genghis this week. That was pretty great. And whenever you get Genghis, that, that was my uh, breakfast and lunch the next day too. So, that was pretty awesome. I hope you guys had a great week. I'm I'm about ready to post that article. Like I said, I'm finishing off the third paragraph, I'm pretty sure. It's uh it's pretty good, man. I'm I'm happy with it. Michael is happy with it. He said it didn't sound like a school paper, and that's what I was worried about because I just don't want it to sound uh 
Well, I was going to say I don't want it to sound unprofessional, but I don't want it to sound professional either. I want it to have my voice. Um, here, here's what I'm going to do. I read y'all the first paragraph. You get a little sneak peek. Maybe, uh, maybe some of this, these words will change, but more or less, this is the idea of it. So, the the working title I've got right now is "Gold Necklace," Kurt Travis and Brandon Ewing's genre blending passion project. Here we go. As someone whose high school soundtrack was primarily filled with Dance Gavin Dance's catalog, happiness was my morning alarm. That's in uh, quotes, not quotes. Uh, that's in parentheses, comma. When my good friend, in parentheses, and then this is in parentheses, and fellow Gavinite, Kevin, told me my favorite era's vocalist was coming to Trees with an ex-Chon bassist, I had their album pulled up before he could get me the link. After getting over the embarrassment of finding out about this project a year late, I pressed play and from the first track was drawn into their groovy melding of math, rock, R&B, and pop. I felt it too. Starts with Ewing's tasty riffs slowly creeping in, with Travis's smooth vocals following, leading into an upbeat pre-chorus that quickly drops back down and builds into a funky chorus that finishes in an extremely busy halftime section. There's a lot happening here, from the mesmerizing lead guitar to the seductive vocals and the energetic drums underneath, and that's all just in the first minute. Needless to say, every song off the album quickly found its way onto my like songs, and Padme became a tune I ran back daily. All right. That's all I'll suffer you through. That's the first paragraph of it. Should go- come out pretty soon. I need to finish the... It's actually the fourth paragraph. I need to finish that, and then I'm good to go. going to add in some pictures that Kevin took because he's a little photography, little photography guy, bringing cameras to everything. Pretty cool. And uh, Spotify links so everybody can hear the songs that I'm trying to talk about. So that'll be cool. And that's about it. Thanksgiving week is coming up. I mean, fucking Anime Dallas is the end of this week, bro. I've been looking forward to it forever. I am ready. I'm ready to go experience it. Everything. So let's go. A lot of things to look forward to. And I hope you do too. Hope you have a great week. And that's all from me. Take it easy. Later.